Hey there, it's Pastor Lars Hammer from Lord of Grace Lutheran Church in Marana, Arizona. I want to welcome you back to the Walk Through the Psalms Bible Study. Tonight we're going to look at Psalm 80 verses 4 through 7. So I'll read it through, share with you some of my thoughts and uh, ideas about it. So here goes. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Verse 4 is the one I want to look at the most today. I always like to give context, but there's usually a line or two that really strikes me that I want to dig deeper into. And one of the beauties of doing this series is it's kind of pushed me to have to sit down with some of these lines and really digest them. Uh, verse 4 caught my attention, and I'll tell you why. It was because of this prayer. Uh, it's, it's where it says in the second half of the verse, How long will you be angry? at with your people's prayers and if my, my first thought that my first thought was you know being a parish pastor i'm always up front i'm always telling people the the how great it is to have a prayer life how important it is for them to have a prayer life how uh, how ways we can develop a prayer life and you know, I sit and I look out in a world that has a lot of hesitation about prayer, a lot of discomfort, uh, a lot of like concerns, intellectual concerns. Does it actually work? It, do I actually believe God changes things or am I just sort of aligning myself with God's will? And we have all these sort of struggles with the idea of prayer. And I'm always trying to say, don't worry about those struggles. There isn't a wrong way to pray. There's just whatever you bring to God, honestly. You know, God listens to our prayers. And then I get to this one, right? I get to Psalm 80, verse 4, and you've got a plea that says, you know, that talks about God being angry with people's prayers. And I'm like, oh, great. After all that of teaching, now the psalm's saying that there are prayers that we can make that God gets angry at us for. So now I got to kind of unpack this, and I got to say, okay, there aren't really wrong ways to pray but there's some exceptions in there. I guess there are times when we can pray for things or in a way that gets God angry. Um, so then I'm like, all right, you know, again, I get nervous about this, but I do have to be honest about it and I have to think, okay, what are the prayers that would make God angry, that God would, you know, not want to listen to? Uh, and that's where you have to start getting into, okay, um, am I praying for something that I just shouldn't be praying for at all? Am I praying for something that's, you know, evil? Um, Lord, you know, I hope that person gets struck by lightning. Are we praying for something selfish, you know? Uh, God, send me a Lexus. You know, my Corolla, I, I'm bored with my Corolla, and I want everyone at work to think I'm hot stuff. Lord, you know, give me a Lexus. I don't know. I, I think God's more likely to just ignore your Lexus prayer. But, you know, I, I suppose if you're praying for something selfish, if you're praying for hurt for someone else, uh, if your prayer is done in a way that hurts other people, you know, Jesus gives lots of stories of, 
you know, sometimes they're stories, sometimes they're parables where, you know, somebody would be praying, some religious leader, priest is praying, but they're praying something like, you know, thank God I'm not like that person standing over there, where it just comes across really snotty. There's a lot of times in the prophets, too, where people will pray uh, while practicing injustice. They'll pray things like, Lord, uh, help me to be a better person. And then they'll turn around and exploit their workers and drag people into slavery. And that's when God's like, you know, and we'll speak through the prophets and come up and say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to listen to your prayers. I don't want to listen to your prayers. I want you to Get rid, I want you to get rid of the injustice that you're doing and the harm that you're causing others. If your prayer isn't leading you to being a better person and helping to build a better society, then I don't care what your prayer is. I don't want to listen to it. Um, you do get a lot of that in the prophets. So those are the kind of things that I would think of. Uh, I don't think most of us pray sort of evil prayers like that. Um, there are some people like, what's the Bishop Kirill, uh, the patriarch of Moscow, who's Putin's lapdog, who sits there going on and, you know, praying for victory in Ukraine and praying for the expansion of the Russian Empire. And, and I, I can't imagine those kind of prayers that sort of ethno-nationalist imperialism, that that stuff doesn't make God kind of angry. And, and right now he's the one who's done it, but that's been done throughout the centuries. Uh, and I would imagine that God would be like the prophets and say, you know, um, I, I, lo I love that you're going to church and all and praying, but your praying needs to lead to some change behavior. Uh, I am not going to go and destroy your enemies for you. Um, you need to change the way you live. So the psalmist anyways here is acknowledging that there's a problem, recognizing that things aren't as they should be, and that God is angry with the people's prayers. So at least the, the psalmist recognizes that there's a problem, right? Um, and because, I don't know, maybe because, the psalm doesn't say because, but it implies it. Verse 5, because you've been doing your bad prayers, God has fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink. That's another common image that you see in the Old Testament. You know, I have been fed with my tear, with tears. Uh, you feed me with tears. It's not a literal feeding, but sometimes I think it kind of is. Hunger was a common thing back then, and people who are starving and they're wanting food, and all they have is misery, and so they're crying. And, you know, the image does become very poignant if you simply can't get enough food. You know, that God would be um, uh, feeding us with tears. Tears is all I have to, uh, that's all I have to eat and drink, God. That, that's all that I have to sustain me right now. If you look at it sort of metaphorically like that, poetically, you know, it raises a kind of interesting idea, you know, that my tears, it's gotten so bad that I live off tears, uh, that pain and misery and suffering are the only things that keep me going. And I think we all know there are moments where, in a weird paradoxical way, you know, the, the pain kind of reminds you you're alive or you just become so used to it, it becomes the way you live, right? Um, but it doesn't mean it's good or that they don't want it to end. Uh, so then verse 6. You, you make us the scorn of neighbors and the enemies laugh. Here we are again. Here we are again with this, you know, sort of pattern. We saw this last week with the thing where, right? You know, the, per, the psalmist is pleading to God, listen to our case, take us seriously, 
And then it's get back at those darn neighbors who laugh at us. And the connection is always kind of the same. When the neighbors see us suffering, the neighbors will assume that our God is not capable of making our lives better. And so when the neighbors see us suffering, the neighbors will go, ha ha, your God is a loser. And so God, think, don't just think about us suffering here with nothing to eat but tears, but think of what uh, the Moabites are saying about you and the Syrians and the Egyptians and whatever. Think of what they're saying about you. This isn't just about us, God. This is about you too. This is your reputation at stake here. And they're laughing at you. They're laughing at you. They're snickering at you behind your back. But kind of the implication is, you know, if you listen to our prayers, take care of us, man, the Moabites might go, oh yeah, man, that Lord God is something else. Or at least they'll stop making fun of you, right? And so then the final part of the prayer. Restore us, let your face shine, that we may be saved. Restore us, let your face shine, that we may be saved. So that's really where it's all headed, right? Restore us. Now, is this a psalm written in a case of exile? Uh, we're not certain about that. It certainly kind of implies that. But being restored can mean a lot of things, right? Being restored can just mean being made whole again after going through a lot of pain. Uh, it can just mean bringing back good days again, you know, or putting an end to the suffering that we're going through or end this drought or end this famine or whatever it is, right? Um, but it could be exile, but it could also mean in a poetic way. So there we go. There we have another psalm where the people are feeling distant from God and uh, are basically begging God, can you at least listen to me um, and try to get back at those darn pesky neighbors who laugh at us. All right, that's all I got on Psalm 80. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great week. Feel free to leave a message, a question, or comment. I'll be happy to get back to you if you're not a jerk or a troll. So um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you next time. God bless.